You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by BetUS. Here with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on, sports bettors. BetUS has your NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NCAA betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with our promo code TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BETUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Fresh off of a five and six year old baseball practice. So <laughs> that went about how everybody would probably expect it would go. Um, beer in hand, ready to roll. And the Wizard of Whiskey Shade Light. Huh. Let's try that one more time. So that bottle on the cap and was a little bit down the net had red wax. And uh, when I went to pull the the cork, just the wax came off. I thought you were uh, uh, opening some Rice Krispies. It sounded like a snap, crackle, and pop there for a second. Wax on, yeah. wax off. Well, uh, I like the group that did this pick, but uh, they didn't take the plas- like the, the factory plastic off the top of the bottle before they put wax on it. So a uh, bunch of screw-ups. They drink too much. Um, which brings me back to Bump. You said you had a beer in hand and were ready. Was that for five and six year old baseball practice or is that for the show? <laughs> that, that, that would have made the five and six year old baseball practice probably a lot more tolerable. Uh, no, nah, man, you know, it's it's they don't know what they're doing, especially my son. He doesn't know what he's doing and think he's going to be OK. But first time out, I'll tell you what it's going to what it's going to help for me <laughs> when I say, hey, Jack. You want to go outside and practice some baseball and instead of, you know, leaning back, watching some YouTube kids. He's going to say, that sounds like a great idea, Dad. So hopefully it goes that way. But no, it's um, it's kind of herding cats. Uh, a couple of the kids can really play, though, man. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Just glad I'm not the top dog here. Charlie Wallace, our good friend Charlie Wallace, is kind of running the show. Him and John Smith. So uh, and, and uh, anyway, Will's out there, too. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. But tonight was the first one, and it was <laughs> – it, it, it is what it is. So those poor kids. Mm-hmm. We got five more weeks till the season starts. So starting them slow. Well, we did kick off Southern Miss baseball this past weekend, but I guess the big Southern Miss news of the week, Shane. Why don't you tell us what happened for women's track this weekend? Yeah, man. Lady Eagles locked up back-to-back Conference USA indoor track titles this weekend. Uh, <laughs> Just jumping right in. I hadn't had a sip of whiskey yet. And uh, our new freshman phenom in the distance uh, from Eastern Europe has quite the name. Uh, let's try this. Oliwia War, War. We'll just say Wariziniak. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, 
name hard to pronounce really fast when it comes to running a long ways. Uh, she was uh, the second straight Golden Eagle to win freshman of the meet after winning the 5,000 meter and in the process setting a new, new school record of 16 minutes, 33.99 seconds. Uh, bested the previous school record in that event by nine seconds. It's uh, pretty phenomenal. Uh, she also set the school record in the 3000 meter at the same meet with a time in nine minutes, 35.15 seconds. Super, super impressive there on their way to claiming the championship. The ladies totaled nine podium trips, uh, including the 5000 meter win. Uh, then we got freshman Trinity Benson took silver and freshman Kenya Seals took bronze in the 60 meter. Kenya Seals came back and got silver in the 200 meter. Then freshman Smila Kobe got, or yeah, Smila Kobe got bronze in the 800 meter. Uh, junior Markasha Myers took bronze in the 60 meter hurdles. And the distance medley team of senior Kate Maddox, freshman Trinity Flagler, freshman Smila Kobe, and senior Sandra Spot took silver. Uh, Markasha Myers took silver in the triple jump and uh, Ashley Osashi took bronze to wrap up the podium appearances for the ladies. Uh, also, in addition to their second straight Conference USA indoor title, Coach John Stewart named Conference USA Coach of the Year for the ladies. Well-deserved honor there. He's building quite the powerhouse program. And tra- <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and if you noticed, as I read those names, I made sure to include the classification of each of those young ladies, because until we got to that distance medley at the end, there wasn't a senior in the group. So uh, we should expect uh, another strong season out of the Lady Eagles uh, before we get to indoor, though, we'll have outdoor track coming up uh, later in the year. So uh, the men did not fare as well. They did finish seventh in conference and three Eagles claimed individual titles. We'll talk about them since we're talking about track. Uh, Junior Corvell Todd won his second straight high jump title with a jump of seven feet three and three quarters inches. That's the fourth best mark in the country so far this season and the second best mark in school history. Uh, Junior Fred Mudani who we've been saying his name a lot, won the shot put with a throw of 59 feet, five and a half inches. And then sophomore DJ Butler won the 400 meter with a time of 47.30 seconds. Uh, next up, we've got a little break, but uh, March 11th and 12th will be the NCAA Indoor Championships. Good thing about them, held in the exact same venue in Birmingham, Alabama, that the Conference USA Championships were held in. So our athletes will be familiar. But super, super proud of the Lady Eagles. Um, we've, we've had just a string of Lady Eagles sports teams win championships or come very close here in the last couple of years. And very cool to see those programs starting to excel. We just need to keep the support behind them and keep them growing. So that's this is one of the programs that's that's one of the best on campus, and, and I don't think that you would put our facilities up there with everybody else. So like, what's Coach Stewart doing, man? Like like he's got these he's got these ladies rolling. I guess he's recruiting. I guess it doesn't hurt having people like Tori Bowie, uh, you know, uh, coming through the program. But <clears throat> that's a guy yeah. maybe we need to get on and talk to him a little bit. Uh, see if he can coach some other sports. 
<laughs> That's not a bad idea to, to uh, see if we can talk to him. I'll reach out and uh, and see uh, here in a few weeks if we can't have a conversation with him. I'd love to talk to the guy. He obviously knows what he's doing, and everybody always has glowing things to say about just what a great person he is. So, I mean, maybe it's a combination of actually being a good coach and being likable uh, that uh, that are driving his success. But whatever the recipe is, glad to see him succeeding. In uh, other Southern Miss news, of course, it was opening weekend here for Southern Miss baseball. A fantastic weekend. It was a little chill at times, but overall a fantastic weather weekend for an opening weekend. One of the best uh, weather weekends I think we've had in, in quite some time for, for an opening weekend on uh, with Southern Miss baseball. Uh, Jason, why don't you bring us up to date? On Southern Miss baseball for the weekend. Yeah, so yeah, so so it, it looked good, and yeah, it was cold on Friday, um, but as, as you'll see, like uh, as we go through this, I mean, all the crowds were, were fantastic. It was, uh, I mean, it was in the it was around forty something degrees. The wind was blowing like crazy on Friday. It was a four o'clock start, and we still had four thousand four hundred forty nine people in attendance. Um, you know, do you want to believe all of that number? Probably not. But I think it it was solid 38 anyway. Very good crowd. Um, one of the best crowds for an opening weekend or, or a weekend series period that I can possibly remember. Um, and 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 the game didn't disappoint either. I mean, all, we, we swept the series and won the first game eight to one. Second game seven to three. Third game four to one. Fourteen. Fourteen to one. You're right. I see that right here in my notes. Um, so, uh, let's start off with game one though. Game one won that game eight to one. Ben Etheridge got the ball. You know, when we were talking to coach Oz, uh, I kind of sort of tried to get who the starting rotation was going to be, but I knew we had a bunch of guys and honestly, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. We have so many good arms, um, that we're going to talk about, uh, throughout the season, but Ben Etheridge, I uh, got the ball on Friday. He definitely earned it from last year, uh, being a Sunday starter. Or uh, he was a Saturday starter last year. Last year was that weird. He was the third starter, but it was still on Saturday, so it was weird. Um, but he 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 did great. He looked great. Uh, six innings pitched, four hits, one run, zero earned, six Ks and zero walks. Uh, then Tyler Stewart came in and threw the last three innings, four hits, zero runs, six Ks and zero walks. That's going to be a trend throughout the weekend as well. Lots of strikeouts, very little walks. Um, so Sutter Miss got off to a quick start. Gabe Montenegro singled. And I want to say the next pitch, or maybe two pitches later, Dickerson's now in the two-hole this year. Uh, Dickerson hit a double. So uh, literally right off the bat, uh, Sutter Miss had a one nothing lead in very short order. Overall, Sutter Miss had 11 hits, eight walks, and only three strikeouts, which is really cool in this day and age to limit your strikeouts to to only three. And um, and, and we, we, I mentioned Gabe there. Man, Gabe is just a hitter, you know, damn fine hitter. Picked up right where he left off from last year. He went two for four. Dickerson, two for five with three RBIs. Uh Lynch, two for three with two RBIs. Christopher Sargent, two for four with two RBIs. I thought he hit a home run at one point where I think they were about to blow the horn. It must have hit the very top of the wall. Uh, the wind was blowing in uh, uh, pretty stiffly that, that first game. So, um, And actually, we didn't get any home runs the entire series. Um, I thought, thought Sarge had him one, but he didn't. Nevertheless, the double right there. Reese Ewing with two hits as well. So we started off you know, about as good. As you can possibly start off with uh, your pitching looking good, your hitting looking good, not many errors in the field. 
On to game two, won that game seven to three. Uh, the Golden Eagles did have four errors in this game, but still found a way to get it done. It weren't crazy errors. You know, it wasn't like a ball through the legs. It wasn't like a missed fly ball. It was, uh, it, it was, it was, I think one was on like a bun attempt where the pitcher didn't grab. Anyway, it, it wasn't crazy errors. So the four errors looks bad, but it wasn't as bad as it looks. Uh, we scored seven runs on 10 hits, had a six to nothing lead through three innings, held on for the win in front of another great crowd. I mentioned that first crowd was uh, 4,400 and some change. This one was 4737 announced. Another fantastic crowd. Uh, Hunter Riggins, the fifth-year transfer, graduate transfer from Delta State, got the start for the Golden Eagles in this game. Looked good. Six innings pitched, three hits, two runs, zero earned, five Ks, and one walk. Uh, so if you're keeping score at home, that's one walk through, you know, through three pitchers so far. Uh, Tanner Hall, Drew Boyd uh, came in to close it out. Uh, Boyd went two innings pitched, three hits, one run, earned three Ks. Hall had one inning pitch, zero runs, and a K himself. Southern Miss got the North Alabama starter, Jacob Bradshaw, early. He only went two and a third, seven hits, six runs. Jumped on him really quickly and never looked back. Sargent had a good day again, two for four. Ewing, two more hits. Uh, Newbie Carson Paytow with his first hit as a Golden Eagle, as well as uh, Rodrigo Montenegro with his first hit uh, as a Golden Eagle as well. Um, and also Rodrigo's first RBI for the Eagles came in that game. Uh, Rodrigo, of course, starting at catcher opposite Blake Johnson. It looks like they're going to go Johnson Friday, Rodrigo Saturday, Blake, uh, Johnson again on Sunday. We'll see how long that goes, but they're two very capable catchers, so it's always good to have on your team. Um, Carson actually came in and hit for Wilkes and a rip one down the line. So his very first uh, swing as a Golden Eagle was a, a double right down the line. Dude looks like he can run. Not a great player for the Golden Eagles. Uh, game number three, won this game convincingly 14-1 to on a gorgeous Sunday afternoon. Hurston freaking Waldrop got the ball, and holy crap, did he not disappoint. Uh, neither did the crowd really. Four, announced 4,820. Uh, it was absolutely packed out, but but Waldrop looked great, man. Um, much anticipated debut. We heard Coach Oz talk about him a little bit. He goes five and a third, three hits, one run, 11 Ks, and one walk, and was just absolutely electric all day long. Upper 90s on the fastball, 88 to 90s uh, with a uh, for a slider, which is like major league stuff, right? Not just any major league stuff. Like, uh, like they're really good major leaguers. That's this is what they do. So um, he was good. He looks polished on the mound. Um, so glad he's on our team. Um, on the day, Sutter Miss struck out 17 Lions and only walked one. Uh, after Waldrop came out to a standing ovation, by the way, in the sixth inning, Landon Harper, Dalton Rogers, Garrett Ramsey, Nico Matza, and Chandler Best all got work and looked really sharp. And at the plate, even though no homers were hit, like we talked about, uh, with the wind blowing out in this game, um, the Eagles had another good day, 12 total hits. Slade Wilkes started off a little bit slow. I think he was 0 for 5 up until this point, and he had himself a day. He ended up with just a homer shy of the cycle, which you say like the home run might be the hardest part, but it's actually not. The triple's the hardest part. So he got that out of the way early. Uh, he ended up the day 3 for 3, 4 RBIs, a double, a triple, a single, and a walk. Uh, Blake Johnson as well had a great day, three for three, five RBIs and two walks. 
Danny Lynch, another two hits. Uh, Sutter Miss got off to a quick start again, roughed up the starter, Austin Nichols, for six runs on six hits in just three innings, and um, and just kept the hammer down. Uh, big win. Um, no 10-run rule, apparently. I, we, we thought the game was over at one point, 11-1, but I think you can decide on that before the game starts, and they, and they kept the game going. So completed the sweep, 3-0, and got South Alabama on Tuesday. Man, the cool thing about this was going into this weekend and, and uh, taking our, our, uh, opponent's talent level, not taking a swipe at them, but I mean, they're, they're not quite the level program that we are, uh, into effect or into account. Um, the pitching looked really good this weekend. Uh, the, uh, I know I texted you guys earlier. I was listening to, uh, Eagle Hour from earlier today because Scott Berry was on and, uh, he mentioned that there was a 30 out 38 strikeout to four walk ratio for the entire staff over the course of the weekend. Yeah. And then Scott Watkins uh, down with the Sun Herald tweeted earlier that Southern Miss led Conference USA over the weekend with a team ERA of point six seven. And uh, the Golden Eagles also gave up a league best one ex- extra base hit all weekend long. So uh, pitching staff really came out and dominated. Right. It, it was it was very good to see. I mean, that's what the, the big the biggest question mark that I got from people asking me about what the season was going to be like, what's the team's going to be like. I kept saying we're loaded, but they were like, but you lost like three of the best history, pitchers uh, in the history of the program. I said, yeah, but we're still loaded. <laughs> and, and, and again, I mean, with, I mean, competition aside, these guys weren't bad. Man, they, they were just. They were good ball players that we played against. They just, you know, where I got, where our guys were throwing 95, their guys were throwing 85. If our guy got to the ball in the hole and could throw you out by a step, their guy just couldn't quite do it. So it was, it was an, it was an okay team. They were, they were, they didn't kick it around. Um, but this is what an elite team is supposed to do to teams like that, right? So yeah. it's good to see that we didn't start off slow. We got a little bit bigger test coming up tomorrow night, um, but uh, you know you can't ask for a whole lot more. I, 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 you, it's weird that Sutter Miss didn't hit any home runs because normally at the peak, if you're going to have a successful team, in my opinion, uh, you know you got to be able to hit. Um, it's a hitter's park. Um, <laughs> Coach Oz is slowly turning uh, that that theory of mine into a uh, crap. <laughs> so uh, hopefully it keeps going. But man, these, these arms that we have, goodness gracious. I know I text you guys that I went in and I tried to get a video of the, of the power that, that Hurston Waldrop has. I mean, he had 98 miles an hour, very first pitch he threw 98 miles an hour. Um, he fizzled a little bit at the end, but I mean, him fizzling is still like throwing 93. So, yeah. uh, that, that's a good problem to have, and um, and, and and you mentioned to Shane the strikeout to walk ratio, that's almost unheard of these days. Um, and the umpires were even tight. It was a tight zone, I think, all three games. So it it was it was good. It, it was it was nice to see, and um, you know, I think that. The, the the pitching situation was listening to, to the guys for, that, that put out the polls for UN baseball and all that. It seems like the thing that was holding us back in their eyes was wanting to see if our pitchers were going to be okay. Well, I think we've proved that. So let's go ahead and get us in some polls. You know, for the people that had questions about us losing three really good pitchers from last year's team, that's a le- legitimate concern. But 
I learned from a uh, Patty McGee tweet the other day. Uh, he posted like the Friday night ace for every season back for 10 years or so. We haven't had the same Friday night ace two years in a row since Todd McInnes. Uh, it, it's been a different guy that's stepped up and just been absolutely dominant every year. So uh, we've got three good ones, it looks like, uh, in contention for that. It'll be interesting to see who settles out as the Friday night guy when it's all said and done. And from what Barry, uh, if, if you haven't listened to that interview, um, uh, it, it's a professional media guy, uh, not just a blogger, you know, uh, doing <laughs> doing the interviews. So uh, you get lots of good <laughs> questions there. But I mean, it's, it's always interesting to listen to Scott Barry talk, too. And uh, he touched on a couple of things, and, and I won't recap their entire interview on this. But he was talking about how it really is impressive that these guys throw so hard and throw so hard for strikes consistently. You know, they're not just slinging it up there like like guys that used to throw that hard do basically, uh, you know, he said it, it, it's bumped up to like the 95 and up range is what wows you now, because a lot of guys can throw in the low nineties, but mm-hmm. it's impressive that we've got those guys that are throwing in the mid and upper nineties and are doing it for strikes. Um, and there was another point that I was going to pull from that too. And I can't remember what it was, but not a big deal. Just go listen to their, their, their episode. You know, we, we, on the weekend, we outscored UNA 29 to five. Which, which is a pretty solid start. I mean, you know, in Southern Miss baseball seasons of past, these are the kind of series where you'd have one game that would sneak up on you at some point sure. in the weekend. So it's yeah. it's great to, to have that dominant performance. And you talk about the bats on the weekend. Reese Ewing, 6 for 11 on the weekend. Danny Lynch, 5 for 12. Chris Sargent, 5 for 12. So uh, let's see. You know, we batted 344 on the weekend, which is, which is uh, you know, pretty decent. So yeah. Yeah, it's not like the bats were asleep this weekend. They just didn't hit one over the fence. We still right, stroked right. the ball. Absolutely, uh, sure. we still put the ball in play a lot. Uh, it's it's just uh, you know th- those power numbers will come along. Uh, you got like Slade Wilkes heats up, and there's no telling how many he can launch into the pine trees. Speaking of uh, power numbers, you know, uh, while we were sitting there, and I missed this actually, I was a little bit further down in the roost, but you know where Mister Rick sets up. Right there, behind mm-hmm. the foul pole. <clears throat> well, after the game, uh, we're still sitting down there when when we're some of the last people to leave on Saturday, and he comes, he's turning his truck around, so he comes down and he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, great game." We talked to him for a second. He said, "It was great to see all these former players out here too." Now I'd seen Trey Sutton down there, I and mean, Sutton's there a lot when, when before the high school season is really rolling. He comes to a lot of games. Um, He's like, he said, yeah, did you get to talk to Sandlin? I said, uh, no. I was like, Nick was down there? He said, yeah. He said, Matt, too. I was like, Matt who? He said, Matt Walner. I was like, what? I saw, I saw Maggie. Um, so, so, the, so the Walner crew was in town. Um, I saw the pics, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's really neat, man. And I was, you know, 60 well, since, feet away. And um, yeah. had no idea. And did not go down there and didn't get an interview. So I didn't do my job whatsoever. But Fired. Fire. Um, <laughs> but, but it's great to see those kind of guys. I mean, like current professionals, major leaguers, right? Yeah. Um, well, and because major league baseball is locked out right now, you know, they've got the opportunity to come back and be at, you know, opening game weekend when normally they'd be getting ready for spring training or in spring training. Uh, so it's cool. And not only were Nick Sandlin and Matt Walner at, at the game, but I did see a picture that Coach Will Hall posted with his feet kicked up down there yep. on John Adams rig. 
so he can pick his company a little right. better, I would say. But hey, uh, I, I'll take I'll take a little bit of credit for that pick because he came down. Um, and Austin Armstrong tweeted me as well. And Austin didn't make it all the way down. Well, these football coaches come walking around at places like the Peep, especially when it was as packed as it was. I can just imagine how many times they had to stop before they got all the way to the, you know where we sit at um, spot thirty nine down there. But but yeah, Will Hall came by and. Uh, uh, he couldn't stay long because he had to go coach his son or his son had a practice of some sort. Um, but he was looking, he was asking me about the the setup that Adams and Potan and Zach and all those guys have. And um, I said, well, you know, started off with, I was giving him the whole thing. It started off with the truck with a little platform and then they added this and added that. He was like, well, how do they get out of here? I said, man, that truck doesn't leave. He said, what do you mean? I said, and then Robert came down. He said, the truck's been parked there since 19, uh, since, uh, since 2017. Since 1932. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, then I said, well, you got to get up on that platform, coach. He's like, no, I'm not going to get up there. It's like, then they all started, you know, telling him, coach, come on. And so he got up there, stayed for about a full inning, uh, took some picks, just loved it. That guy is so Southern Miss. I mean, I know he's not, he didn't graduate from Southern Miss or anything, but he is Southern Miss through and through. Love him. He was telling everybody that man bump told me to come up here. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, it's my nickname. Cool. <laughs> but That's, uh, I, I, I mean, agree with you. There, I don't think there could be a better fit for especially what we need right now than Will Hall. I mean, the guy just gets it, and I mean, he's Mississippi football born and bred, and uh, yeah, it's great fit. Glad, uh, glad that we are in the beginning of the Will Hall era. Mm-hmm. So our next game is tomorrow night. Uh, six o'clock at the Pete. I think we're supposed to have some rain earlier in the day, but I think it's supposed to clear out early afternoon. So hopefully we'll be fine tomorrow evening. Um, USA. And I tell you this to tell you that we certainly do not take South Alabama lightly given our recent history against the Jaguars. But over the weekend, they had a tournament down in Mobile. Uh, the first game against Radford, they won six to five. Their second game against the Oral Roberts Gemstones, they fell one to three. And then their final game against Tennessee Tech, they fell seven to 11. So not. Oral Roberts is the Gemstones? No, I made, I made that up. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, that's absolutely amazing. Look, I don't care who they played. Somehow this team is just kryptonite. I mean, bring your voodoo doll. It's Mardi Gras season, I guess, you know, so maybe that adds into it, too. Like, bring whatever you can bring that's your superstitious thing for us to win because I don't know how long it's going to take me uh, to to feel like we've got a legitimate shot against these guys in any kind of sport. Um, it's got to start somewhere, so hopefully it starts tomorrow night. But my goodness, when's the last time we beat them in something outside of the, the women's game? Not too long ago. A men's sport been a long time we went zero and three against them in baseball last year i know that we haven't been um, in football no ever so i, 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 I mean when's the last time we beat them in basketball yeah i don't know it's i don't know. play that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i think we've been william, william carey more times recently than we beat south alabama it's a very so. good point um yeah um, so so they'll be there and i think they're throwing one of the pitchers they threw against us last year so does the Oral Roberts coach look like Uncle Baby Billy? I hope he does. <laughs> Man, I, I thought about searching it there. I was like, please, just I, I think let Oral, Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts actually is the Golden Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. 
but I, I wish they were the gemstones. That's what I'm you know. About. You threw out the gemstones, and I think I just went along with it. I was like the way he presented it. <laughs> yeah. Then Shane asked the question, and I was like, okay, wait a minute. Well, I'm I'm I've got two episodes left uh, in the second season of the Righteous Gemstones, and that's actually what Catherine and I watched before I uh, came upstairs to record the podcast tonight. It's just a phenomenal show. Uh, so it was fresh on my mind and I was like, well, Oral Roberts is a private Christian college. I was like, maybe they are the gemstones. <laughs> the Oral Roberts God squad. So, um, so yeah, tomorrow night back at Pete. Well, as of this recording. So when you're listening to it, unless you're just like one of those people that, that downloads the episode, as soon as you get it, it will probably be tonight or last night or the night before that. Uh, but Tuesday night, February the 22nd at 6 p.m. at Pete Taylor Park. If you can't make it, it good luck. Good luck with uh, CUSA TV. That's what it's going to be on. Then this weekend, Friday through Sunday, the 25th through the 27th of February, we're hosting Jacksonville State. The newest addition to Conference USA will be right here at Pete Taylor Park. First game Friday night at 6 p.m. And then next Wednesday, which we'll, we should have another episode before then, Southern Miss takes on Mississippi Starkville at Trustmark Park in Pearl. That's Wednesday, March the 2nd at 6 p.m. So there you have it with Southern Miss baseball. Before we move on, bet with the three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125. Or if you're using crypto, you get a 200% bonus by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. All right, so touching on football really quickly. Spring practice for football began this past Saturday, and it will run through the next month, concluding on Saturday, April the 2nd for the spring game. That's going to be at 11 a.m., of course, at the Rock. So we, we had a lot to talk about this with baseball and everything else. I'm sure we'll get to football more as the season goes along. There are some a lot of new faces on campus. There are some some old faces in new spaces. So there's going to be a lot to talk about uh, with football this fall. Also, something to keep an eye on, starting tomorrow, Tuesday, February 22nd, 6 p.m., the USFL draft. I don't know who it has, if we have anybody who is going to be in that. I think they have about 500 players who are in the player pool for this draft. Um, it's going to be uh, Tuesday, February 22nd at 6 p.m. And then again on Wednesday, February the 23rd at 9 a.m. The eighth pick in the draft will be taken by Larry Fedora and the New Orleans Breakers. So if you uh, keep up with that, if you want to see if any former Golden Eagles Get another shot at the pros. So, all right. All right. So, so, so this draft, is it just for college players? I don't think so. I think it's just like players who declare they want. It's kind of like, um, you know, the XFL or any of the other, mm-hmm. I guess it's now defunct leagues. It's, it's, I think it, it's, I don't think it's any college players. I wouldn't think it would be. I, but, um, I was listening to a, a interview with Fedora. I can't remember what what show it was on last week. And he made it sound like the lead was league was going to make a conscious effort to go after like younger up and coming talent and not necessarily like NFL guys on their way down. So uh, it, it may be younger guys that didn't quite make the cut for the NFL that they focus on. Where are they playing these games? All Birmingham. Of 
Birmingham this year. All oh, that's of them right. in Birmingham. That's right. That's right. Well, then, well, when they go to New Orleans, where are they going to play? Probably the Dome. I would imagine. Okay. That's where they play. Or Tulane's field's an option. It's yeah. got way more seats than Tulane needs. That's true. They so play, if, they, they, if Tulane wants an ass in some of those seats while they exist, they might want to get the the Fedora team over there. It's a great spot too. I don't know where you park to get in there because I drove around and tried to figure it out one time, but. Uh, it's, oh. it's a it's a great spot right there at Uptown. So, dude, if if you're a Tulane person, you don't park your own car. I don't think you have a car. <laughs> well, I mean, you do. You may not drive it. Somebody may drive it for you. But you you either got to street car it, or you got to Uber it, or you got to uh, car jack it to get over there. One of those options. I got me a scooter, bro. So scooter, you might bro. you might need to get an Uber on the way back to wherever you're going. Then, uh, so we'll see. <laughs> All right. So basketball, we had a few. We had actually had three basketball games this week, concluding right. tonight. Uh, a home, the final home stretch for the the Golden Eagles. Well, the final home stand for the Golden Eagles. Uh, three games this week. Why don't you let us know what went down, Jason? Okay, I will update everybody on basketball. Um, we lost a bunch of games. Um, we lost. Uh, we we played UTSA and UTEP last week. We lost the first one, ninety-eight to seventy-nine, in overtime. Which sounds kind of weird, 98 to 79 in overtime, but uh, I was there. I witnessed it. It actually happened just that way. I uh, just ran out of gas in overtime. We were tied 38 to 38 at the half, and each scored, each team scored 38 points in the second half. So here's how the box score went: 38 to 38 first half, 38 to 38 second half, 22 to three in overtime. It was really weird. They couldn't miss a shot. Um, you know, we were completely, we were probably completely spent with about three minutes to play, and just somehow, uh, somehow, somehow mustered up the energy to, to get that we were down two points um, with a few seconds to play, and somehow Stevenson uh, just just got up enough energy to to make a shot. He was at point blank range right at the end of regulation. He had to battle for a rebound or two and got it in right before the buzzer. They had to review it. It was a typical Stevenson play. Um, and and but but yeah, man, nothing left in the tank. Another lost, hard fought, but you know, whatever. Got beat again. Uh, USM after that game set at six and nineteen, one and eleven in the conference. US UTSA is now nine and eighteen, two and twelve. A few bright spots from the game, and we mention this guy all the time, but. Uh, Tyler Stevenson went off 19 and 12. Uh, Pink, we've said how aggressive he looks lately. He went for 17 and 11. That's two absolutely great lines right there, right? 19 and 12, 17 and 11. Isaiah Moore making a comeback uh, late in this season went for 15 and seven and six block shots. You have three guys doing that kind of thing, and somehow that doesn't equate to a win. It's just crazy. And to top it off, um, Napper. Who's had his struggle shooting the ball this year? Came away with 21 points. At one point, I think he hit three three pointers in a row. Uh, he made one of the best passes that I've ever seen during the game. So many bright spots, and you look up and you still lose the game. It's just disheartening. The next game was versus UTEP. We lost that game 84 to 70. We're scoring a lot of points lately. Uh, early in the season, we would lose games like scoring like 57, 58 points. Uh, now we're scoring more points, but we're giving up more points too. Um, seems like every time we correct one thing, uh, something else 
pops up to bite us. Uh, we were down 10 at the half of this game, 42 to 32. So we scored 32 in the, fr- in the first half. We actually scored, scored 38 points in the second half, but it just wasn't enough. Um, Isaiah Moore with another fine effort went 25 and 10. Mo Arnold scored 14 points. Pinckney with 12 himself. And um, and another bright spot was Bolden. Um, he continues to grow and get better right before our eyes, really. The freshman had 8.6 assists, two rebounds, and a blocked shot. That's a whole lot of action. And Sutter Miss shot great. I mean, tell me how this happens. Sutter Miss shoots 54.7% from the field, 42.9% from three. And so loses the game. So every time we do something good, it's just still just not enough. Uh, Sutter Miss, after that game, was now six and twenty-one and twelve in the conference. UTEP improved to sixteen and ten, nine and five. And the game tonight just got over with while we were doing the episode. So I haven't done any research on it, but uh, we lost seventy-four to sixty. We're down forty-five to twenty-five at halftime. Made a valiant comeback to uh, score 35 points, which is 10 more than we scored in the first half. But that only only equals up to 60. Uh, Marshall scored 74. Let's see who played good here. Isaiah Moore, 19 and 9. Tyler Stevenson, 13 and 10. Nobody else in w- double figures. Um, hmm. Jerron Pierre did play tonight. He set out the previous two games. He did play 16 minutes tonight. Maybe that hip's getting a little bit better. But Sutter Miss loses the game 74 to 60 tonight, which is Monday night in Hattiesburg. Uh, and so we are now, where that put us? We're now 16, uh, 6 and 21 on the season, 1 and 13 in Conference USA. And, whew, what do you say? Yeah, it's for. I mean, you you had which probably the last opportunity to to win a game on the season. And just, you know, what what was it, twenty two to three in overtime the other night? Yeah. That's just a tough pill to tough pill to swallow. There. It was a. Uh, I mean, that guy Dang. Um, his name's Dang. D i n d i e n g. He didn't even have a very good looking shot. Uh, the ball didn't spin right. It doesn't look right. But he just made everything he looked at, uh, including in overtime. So. It's it's you know it, it, it's it's kind of getting past the point where I can say you just got to tip your hat. I mean you really do because I was there and I saw it. And I'm like that was a hand in the face. The ball didn't look good. It didn't spin right, and you know it never touched the rim. So I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know enough about basketball to critique anyone or uh, pretend like I have the answers if I was to be on the sideline calling the plays. Uh, but man. That's a bunch of losses in a row. That's a I don't bunch know if you get that in number in front of you, Jamie, but it's, uh, I don't know, 12, 13, something like well, that. Well, and I guess it, so, if you if you count the Southeastern Baptist, you know, that's uh, if you count Southeastern Baptist, it's 10 losses in a row. If you don't count Southeastern Baptist, it's 13 losses in a row. Um, you know it's unfortunate. Man, it's just messy. It's unfortunate. Nobody wants to see it, um, especially Coach Ladner and – I know he's on the hot seat. I get it. And, you know, I hear a lot of why are you still pulling for I me? Mean, because I pull for people. You know, he's he's one of our guys. He's and I'm tired of hearing that too. Like, hey, if he wasn't one of our guys, he'd already be gone. Well, yeah, well, he is one of our guys. That's why he's still here. Shut your mouth. So <laughs> it's. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's a bad season. 
It's not like we, we have a powerhouse program. Uh, it sucks. Nobody wants to, I mean, it, including Jay Ladner, nobody wants to be where we are. But here we are. So. Yeah, you just, we just, there's really not a lot of, I mean, I, I don't think anybody was pulling against Ladner. It's just one of those things yeah. like you win one conference game. It's, and, and you know, especially three seasons in, it's just not going to be, uh, you know, he's got four games left. You know, at least. Sure. So we'll see yeah. what happens there. So I was really hoping he'd get something going so he could get a fourth year. But, man, at this point, I, I don't know that you can give it to him. I mean, we just have not got any better. Uh, it's uh, I, I like the guy. Uh, I, my heart breaks for him. Uh, yeah, everybody he knows is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He's got his dream job and he's failing miserably at it. I mean, it's just a tough yeah. situation. And, 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 you, and, and, well, and, and I do think that we <laughs> the bad thing. Or the good thing is that I think we are getting better, um, but we're still losing. So yeah, well, three years do, in, getting better has got to show up in the win-loss column. It can't be moral was, victories, you know, for yeah. a good half of basketball every game. It's just it's. Uh, I I hope he you know can get it turned around. If if he gets another year, I I hope he wins a conference championship next year. But it it's really difficult to defend at this point. Yeah, it's a bad year. Sure. So uh, this Thursday, we've got uh, probably the best team in the conference in North Texas, uh, February the 24th. That's Thursday. It's going to be on ESPN Plus at 7 p.m. Then at Rice on February 26th, that's Saturday at 6 p.m. TV, TBA. And then we're back home on Wednesday, March the 2nd um, against UAB. That game's at 7 p.m. It's also on ESPN Plus. And then the final regular season game at home. March the 5th against the Charlotte 49ers. That game will be on ESPN Plus 2 p.m. on Saturday, March the 5th. And then, of course, the Conference USA Tournament uh, at the Curtain, Tuesday, March the 8th <laughs> through uh, Saturday, March the 12th. In Do Texas. all teams go to the tournament? or uh, This year? I think they you know, do, I'm but I don't know 100%. How uh, the season has progressed so far. I got a text message from our good friend uh, Patrick Lowry early, earlier today. Before, and I couldn't have gone anyway. I had, all the, I had soccer, and then we had baseball. Um, but he said, "Are you going to go to the game tonight?" I said, "What game? We play South Alabama tomorrow night." I it, dude, I didn't even know until I got the email this morning. That here's your ticket. You know, so I, I totally forgot. So yeah, well, I got that email too, and I was like, "That must be for Thursday." I yeah, think, I didn't you know. know what I didn't um, know. Yeah, it's one of those makeup deals, and I get it. It's kind of weird, but that just is pretty, you know, indicative of how the season's going. People like me and you can get a, get an email that's pretty straightforward. And we are getting older, but yeah. Sure. Uh, I talked to Pilo earlier too, but uh, I was just teasing him that I have a Jersey Mike sub shop like three quarters of a mile from my house. <laughs> and then I had to send him a screenshot of my Jersey Mike's uh, rewards points from my app because Catherine has uh, used our rewards account for a couple of large catering orders. So I basically have Jersey Mike's free sandwiches until I die. <laughs> All right. So, Shane, uh, why don't you take that Jersey Mike sandwich out of your mouth and bring us up to date on Southern Miss women's basketball? Da-dum. Women's basketball brought to you by Jersey Mike's. 
Hey, if we could work that out, that'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm for it. They, think, they make good I think, sandwiches. I think you have an in. Uh, they're very similar to Lenny's. I know there's not one in Hattiesburg, but they've got the pepper relish and, and all that, you know, delicious stuff that Lenny's has. It, it does remind me a lot of Lenny's. Um, yeah, they're very similar. That's weird. Uh, so back to Southern Miss and out of uh, Northeastern based sandwich chains. Um, women's basketball is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum that the men are. Not that they are winning all of their games, but they did split last week on the road, uh, which is, is never bad when it comes to conference play. Thursday, February 17th, they were at UTSA. Ladies left there with a 66-50 to 50 win. Uh, the defense really carried the ladies to victory. They turned 21 turnovers into 19 points. Brakela Gray led the team in scoring with 14, including the first seven points of the game, while Malia Grayson added 10. Ten different Lady Eagles uh, got in the scoring column on the stat sheet. That night, uh, and the ladies used a 17-0 run to open the second quarter to build their lead and enjoyed as much as a 20-point lead at halftime. Uh, oh, not as much because they led by as much as 25 in the fourth quarter. So uh, I, I put my as much in the wrong spot there. 20 at half, 25 in the fourth <laughs> quarter. So really good win for the ladies. Uh, not as great of a good day on Saturday, February 19th at UTEP. They fell 79-86 in overtime. Uh, senior Fess Hawkins, who we haven't said her name a lot uh, this year, but uh, she came in and was was a key piece of the Lady Eagles coming back and forcing overtime. She recorded her sur- second career double-double with 10 points and 10 rebounds. Dominique Davis scored a team-high 21 points, uh, 16 of those coming in the second half. And Rose Warren also scored in double figures with 12 down by as much as 14 in the fourth quarter. The ladies went on an 18-5 to run to force overtime. And again, unfortunately, uh, could not pull off the win. Kind of ran out of steam there. Really kind of got into foul trouble. And UTEP did not miss many from the foul line there in extra time period. That puts the Lady Eagles at 16-9, and 8-6 in Conference USA action. Currently tied with North Texas for the lead in Conference USA West. It looks like UAB's dropped a couple of games and kind of fallen back there. Uh, UNT at this point does hold the tiebreaker from a game on January 27th. That was a 72-66 win over the Lady Eagles in Denton. So big, big game coming up for the Lady Eagles Thursday night, February 24th, because none other than UNT are coming for that rematch at 6 o'clock in Hattiesburg. Uh, whoever wins this game will be leader of Conference USA West. Uh, UNT is coming into that game at 14-10 and 8-6. and, eight and six. So we got fairly similar records. Should be a good matchup. The next game for the Lady Eagles this week is Saturday, February 26th. First, Rice. That game will be at noon. Rice is 9-11-4-8 and 11 and four and eight coming into that game with USM winning the last meeting in Houston 78-55 on January 29th. Uh, moving on into softball. Softball had an incredibly busy last week. Uh, week last week. Let me get a sip of whiskey, wet my whistle. Started off the week uh, Wednesday the 16th with a doubleheader at Southern University in Baton Rouge. First game, ladies walked away with a 3-1 to one win. Second game, they get a 7-4 to four win. Three freshmen record their first home runs in a Golden Eagle uniform. Those freshmen are Natalie Taylor, Jana Lee, and Paige Kilgore. 
congratulations to those ladies. I'm sure we will see a lot more balls rocket over the fence while they are in the black and gold. Morgan Linestock and Jana Lee both pitched complete games. Lee got her first win as an Eagle with that complete game. Destiny Brown had two steals to bump up her school record count to 86. I'm going to try to keep a running count of her steals as we go through games in the season and see what that record uh, ends up being, but uh, again, it was a 22-ish year old record when she broke it, and she's got all season to add to it, and is doing so at just a torrid pace. Um, Lady Eagles are now 12 and 0 all time versus Southern University. So that was the only midweek action last week. Uh, the thing to do in Hattiesburg, if you play softball, is to host tournaments because we opened up the season with a tournament we had a tournament last weekend we we're hosting another tournament this weekend uh but all those home games uh good action to get in for the lady eagles and the golden eagle invitational which ran from friday february 18th through sunday february 20th in the first game of the tournament the ladies fell to jacksonville state one to two destiny brown added another stolen base in that game to push the record to 87 and junior hannah junior hannah borden had a solo home run in the second game friday the ladies topped mississippi Mississippi Valley State University, two to one. Jana Lee earned her second career and uh, win in the circle there. She held the Devilettes to two hits in that game. She also had an RBI double in the sixth that proved to be the margin of victory. So go ahead, Jana Lee. You pretty much won that game single handedly. Um, that's strong. First game on Saturday was a 3-0 win over Houston Baptist. Morgan Linestock came back in, picked up the shutout win from the circle. Destiny Brown with another stolen brace that gets her to 88. Second game on Saturday was a 5-3 win over Mississippi Valley State University. Paige Kilgore got her second win of the season, and Jana Lee came in for three innings of relief work where she struck out four and allowed one hit. Destiny Brown had a solo home run in, in the first. And then she added two more stolen bases for numbers 88 and 90 of her career. Uh, the ladies ended the tournament on Sunday with an eight to one win over Louisiana Monroe. Junior Morgan Linestock went the distance to pick up her fourth win of the season. And that's also her fourth complete game. Linestock allowed one run, struck out six and forced eight ground outs. Destiny Brown with another stolen base. So that moves her to 91 as we sit now. Uh, Golden Eagles finished the tournament with a four and one mark. That was the best of the five programs participating. Next up for the ladies, I mentioned the tournament that they'll be hosting this weekend. They were actually supposed to play tomorrow night as well when the, the gentlemen play South Alabama. They were supposed to play up in Oxford, uh, but that game has been postponed because of expected inclement weather. I think they were scared that, uh, <laughs> They're not playing until March 8th now. That game has been rescheduled. Uh, so that'll put the only action being next weekend will be the Hub City Challenge. It's uh, whoever's coming up with all these tournament names is should be making overtime. You've got a bunch of them to name. That's Friday, February 25th through Sunday, February 22nd. Uh, Friday, we start off at 4.30 with SIUE. I actually had to look that one up. That's Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. And their mascot is the Cougars, but I'll be damned if it doesn't look like a beaver. Check it out. <laughs> it's the least aggressive cougar I've ever seen. It looks like a beaver. Um, uh, who knows? Maybe they like it. Oh. Then the second game, Friday, 7 o'clock versus Alcorn State. Then two games on Saturday, 12 o'clock, coming in uh, with Evansville, not to be con confused with Suey Edwardsville. Uh, oh, Cloverleaf Mall is going to have a field day with this episode. I can't wait, buddy. 
Let me, let's see your best work. Uh, Saturday, 3 o'clock first Alcorn, and then two more games on Sunday, 11 o'clock Evansville again, and then SIUE uh, to wrap it up at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Women's golf was actually started action today, doing very well uh, in the tournament that runs Monday the 21st and Tuesday the 22nd down in Mobile, Alabama, the Chafuncta Invitational at the Chafuncta Country Club. I just like saying that. And I guess I'm saying it right because you spell it T-C-H-E-F-U-N-C-T-A. I mean, that's Chifuncta, huh? Don't fake the Chifuncta on the nasty dunk. Yeah, well, they got Stanky Field down there, Chifuncta Country Club. Uh, I know it's a low-lying area close to the ocean, but maybe we need to give Mobile a bath. It sounds like something Michael Jackson would say. Chifuncta. Chifuncta. (laughs) So – uh, after the first round that was completed today, the ladies sit in second place uh, out of nine right behind South Alabama. Actually, when I checked in right before we recorded to uh, to get the uh, I want to know what what's got Jamie laughing here in a second. But uh, we'll we'll wrap up golf and then hear from from Mr. Arrington. Merce Carbaccio is tied for first uh, with a score of plus two. Uh, so we'll find out next week how the ladies finished up the tournament, but starting it out strong. I got tennis left, Jamie, but uh, I, I feel like we need to hear from you. No, no, finish up. You, you, you're doing great. <laughs> let me let me get another sip of whiskey. I've been talking for 30 minutes. All right, men's tennis. Not starting off the season great. Friday, February 18th versus Lamar. They fell three to four. And then Sunday, February 20th, first UAB, they fell one to four. Uh, you know what? I've been talking a long time. If you're not winning, I ain't got time to talk about the specifics. <laughs> so we'll come back to you, boys, win the next match. And that uh, possibility comes up Saturday, February 26th, versus the Louisiana Raging Cajuns here in Hattiesburg at 10 o'clock. Women's tennis was in action. Ladies are doing much better. Currently sit at 6-0 and and 1-0 and in Conference USA play. Saturday, February 19th, they played UTSA in, Jesus Christ, I can never remember how to say this town. Um, it's not Natchitoches like I, I want it to be. It's Natchitoches. Natchitoches, I got it. Uh, I had to say Natchitoches first before Natchitoches came out. Uh why they were playing over at Northwestern and Natchitoches, I have no idea, but they picked up the four to one or four to zero win. UTSA only had two pairs available for doubles action. So when Ebru Zainab Yazgin and Alyssa Richters uh, won their double set, they gave the Eagles the double points. And on top of only having two pairs for doubles, they only had five competitors available total. So Sarah Medic, Clara Tardivelle, and Alyssa Richter's wins gave the Golden Eagles the point. Richter's win was due to a forfeit since UTSA didn't have enough players to play. Yaskin, Monique Burton, and Suhana Das were leading their singles matches when play was stopped, so we were going to roll them anyway. Uh, then Saturday, February 20th at Northwestern State. Might as well just stay there in the beautiful town of Natchitoches, Louisiana. Doubles points were secured by wins by the teams of Sarah Medic, Monique Burton, and Ebru. Uh, I typoed her name. It's not Eber, it's Ebru. Uh, and I may not even be saying that right. So I said that with a lot of confidence. Uh, Ebru, Zainab Yazgin, and Alyssa Richter. So got the doubles point there. Then Yazgin, Medic, and Richter won their singles matches to secure the win. Next up for the Lady Eagles, Saturday, February 26th at Mississippi State. 
in Starkville, Mississippi. And last but not least for the updates tonight, set to start the season this weekend at the Florida State Beach Bash in Tallahassee, Florida, the beach volleyball team is joining the fun. Saturday, February 26th, versus Tampa at 1045, and then turning around playing number 12, FAU at 230. And then Sunday, the 27th, versus North Florida at 815 in the morning. And then TCU at 2.30 that afternoon. TCU is ranked number 15th in the country. And that wraps up our spring sports update. All right. Do you guys have any shout-outs? <clears throat> I do have a few shout-outs. <clears throat> I want to give a shout-out to uh, Steve Farmer, our good buddy Steve Farmer. He called me. He's a new dugout club member Woo-hoo! and season ticket holder uh, for baseball. This is a guy that uh, this this that's probably not going to make a ton of games, but it's cool, man. People that are uh, that live elsewhere are are joining the fight, so it's good. Um, I ran into Bill McGillis's brother and his wife uh, out in the roost. That they came, they 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 walked the whole length of it. They wanted the story on the the platform and the horns and all that, and um, talked to him for a little while. Let him know that, that you know his brother is still involved in the show. He's got a part in the open, so he got a kick out of that. I hope that I thought was Rick Maddox for two years. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I hope that he went back and told Bill that. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Doctor Thornton. He stopped by for an inning or so on Sunday. Always good to see the good doctor, and really appreciate his hospitality. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, we saw the Walners out there. We, we, we missed out on on Nick and Matt. Um, but uh, good to see those those guys, and um, uh, they've kind of gone on to, to to the professional ranks, bigger and better things. But still, like to come back to uh, to to the Pete, and um, and it means something to them. So it means something to me too. That's what it means to me. You awake <laughs> there, Jamie? We keeping you up too late? You all right, man? I'm good. I'm good. Um, do your business. I'll take the heat for that. You know, I, I, I had the late night soccer thing or the baseball. No, you're thing, good. So. You're, you're, it's all good. All good. <clears throat> now, Jamie's got his mud mask on. Uh, he, he looks like he's ready for bed. Curlers in his hair. Yeah. Uh, Cloverleaf, your move. <laughs> um, shout outs for tonight I, I might as well give a shout out to Pilo And once I got through with my four hour list Of uh, what's going on in spring sports I saw the, the text message where he was talking about me Harassing him with screenshots of my 1300 Jersey Mike's points uh, So love you Patrick uh, I, I hope you get that Jersey Mike's um, You can just go to Lenny's and almost have Jersey Mike's In the meantime When, when I hear Jersey Mike's I think of Prison Mike <laughs> from the office like every time yeah. man that was a great episode that was a, that's just a, an amazing show we uh, there's a a solid chance that if a tv is on in our house we don't that's watch a, a ton of tv but uh at least 75 percent of the time the office is on and Catherine's really picked up seinfeld lately too so oh, yeah. like it, when when the office isn't on she's been re-watching seinfeld have you listened to the office girls podcast Catherine have- listens to it I have. I've listened to a few of them. Very yeah. entertaining. Those girls keep yeah. me laughing, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's a great show. Great show. Hey, we, uh, you know, Angela actually, is from Lafayette. Really? That is true. Where the University of Louisiana is? <laughs> yeah, the yeah the Louisiana Lafayette. Very yeah. good point. But, um, 
Yeah, uh, I actually watched I watched a Jenna Fisher movie last night. It's not her uh, necessarily. It's a John C. Riley movie. It's actually a Judd Apatow movie. But I watched Walk Hard last night. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. That that's one of my favorites. We hadn't watched it in a long time, and Catherine was like, "Do you want to get some takeout Chinese food and watch a stupid comedy?" I was like, "Well, of course I do. That's what I live for." Uh, so just thought she's of this. great in that movie. She is great in that movie. So. ULL people get mad when you say ULL. Mm-hmm. They get mad when you say Louisiana Lafayette. Mm-hmm. How do they feel about Lafayette? Because that's how some people pronounce yeah. that. Mm. So that may Lafayette be Lafayette is in North Mississippi. Lafayette. We'll have to. Uh, well, now we'll it's in Louisiana. Them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, something interesting that I learned from those guys, because I had to, to stir them up a little bit last week. I saw our, our friends at Raging Cajun Podcast uh, lacing into some student writer for the paper there because they referred to the baseball team as Louisiana Lafayette. And that didn't make them happy at all, as you can imagine. So I was like, all right, guys, you know, I like you a lot, but I need to step in here. And I posted a screen capture of the Twitter page for the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. And I'm like, what's up with this? Like your official. (laughs) And so they came back with, and they were like, yeah, well, I mean, it's two separate things. It's, the university in athletics. I was like, okay, I get that. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I'm not going to mess with them anymore. But then somebody came in and was like, it's just like LSU is Louisiana State University and Agricultural and Mechanical College. And I had never heard that before in my life. So I'm just like, sure, whatever. Yeah, somebody yeah. actually posted a picture of an LSU degree and an LSU degree says Louisiana State University and Agricultural and Mechanical College. But my pushback to them on that was I sent them a screenshot of LSU's Twitter page, and it just says Louisiana State University. So it's not I'm Louisiana like, State so, A&M. Well, technically it is Louisiana <laughs> State A&M, but that's not what LSU calls themselves. So, I mean, even if they are Louisiana at Lafayette, LSU doesn't call themselves in full name. So they, they got mad at me. And then somebody came in and was like, we don't we don't call you old Southern Miss. And I was like, yeah, because it's two different schools. You're an idiot. <laughs> wow. That guy didn't comment again. It's a horrible point. It's a horrible yeah. point. He what, thought you, it was good enough to put in writing for all of the world to see until the end of time. Mm. You Shane, what you sipping on tonight before I cut you off? Oh, you care? I, yeah, that we get it's. uh huh. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just messing around. Oh, uh, another shout out to a good friend of the pod, Chad Dickens. Uh, I had some some conversations through messaging with Mr. Dickens earlier in the week. You know, he he sells liquor for a living and he got some pappy in this week. Um, so he was awful proud of that. Uh, I couldn't turn around to a social media platform without seeing his ugly, ugly scruffy mug cheesing behind uh, three bottles, of old Rip Van Winkle and one bottle of Pappy 15. But uh, awesome, Chad. Uh, Chad's doing the Lord's work out there, getting those bottles into hands of people that are actually going to open them and drink them and not sell them on the Internet. Uh, so tonight I would uh, sell them. I, well, yeah, I mean, look, if, if you're a smart person, you'd sell them because they're worth way more than they should be. Um, and it's good whiskey. Look, I've, I've got a bottle of Peppy 15 over there. It's phenomenal whiskey. It really is good. Is it worth the money? I could make a solid case that nothing's worth over like a hundred, hundred and twenty bucks in my book. Um, you start getting, I mean, that's that's expensive liquid to drink when you're you're paying thousands of dollars for a bottle. How much does that Fireball cost, Bump? I've got a fire. I've got a pint of Fireball here. I've been drinking all show. 
And it was like eight bucks. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and then on on the flip side, uh, kind of piggybacking off of what I did last week, I had the the smooth ambler uh, single barrel picks. Uh, I, I went with another kind of smaller distillery that does a lot of single barrel picks called New Riff. Out of uh, are they in Frankfort, Kentucky? Let me let me look on the back of this label here. They're in Newport, Kentucky. Uh, but New Riff is uh, you know I've I've gone over like Midwest Grain Products MGP in Indiana and how they they distill whiskey and sell it to other people just to slap their name on. Well, that's what, not what these new riff guys are doing. They're making their own liquor and they're putting in the time and effort for it to sit in the barrel. You really want bourbon to stay in the barrel for at least four years. Uh, it can still taste kind of young there. I don't think it really starts hitting its sweet spot until about the six year point, but just to go against that, all of these new riff picks that come out because it's their own distillate that they've been aging on site are in that four, four and a half, I haven't seen one up to five yet, but they should start coming out soon. But for young whiskey, it's really good. And it's like $40 a bottle. So it's not going to break the bank if you want something special. Cool looking bottles. Uh, but went with three single barrel picks as well of this. Uh, the first one from uh, Raleigh Bourbon Select here in the area. And then the second one from my friends over at Carolina Whiskey Society. And the third one from Aster Wine and Spirits in New York City. Um, so, all three. That's that's my favorite thing about single barrels is it's all the same recipe. You know, technically it's the same juice. You put it in barrels. It's aged basically in the same buildings, but you've got three different whiskeys here that are all very similar ages. The proof range isn't that far. It's like ten points between the three of them. They all taste very different. So uh, you can do a little mad science project. I like to get my wife to uh, to pour me blind samples and then I taste through them and, and kind of see what I can pick out and, and see what's truly my favorite without knowing what's on it. So uh, if you're looking for a fun whiskey game to play, get somebody to pour up some blind samples and that Weller that you think hung the moon or that Blanton's that you sold your firstborn child to uh, procure uh, might not be as good as some stuff that's like 30 bucks and on the shelf every day. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I want to give it. I don't know if he's going to hear this or not, but uh, I want to give a shout out to a uh, former Golden Eagle tight end, Preston Hansford. Um, I just saw on Facebook that he is um, in hospice care now after a battle of cancer. Oh, so, no. Tim Hallman shared that. So I, I remember watching him play in the late 80s. Uh, solid tight end for the Golden Eagles, played back with Favre. So if you are listening, Preston, uh, you know, we're thinking about just sending a uh, piece of love, prayer, positive mm-hmm. energy, and support in your direction. Um, I think that just about does it. I think we've we've wrapped up the week in Southern Miss Athletics. You know, go check out the Golden Eagles Tuesday night, tonight, last night, night before last, whenever you're listening to this show, taking on the South Alabama Jaguars and, um, you know, back at home again this weekend against Jacksonville State. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLA. 
Yes, you, you play a good game of football. But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Put you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State Or LSU You play a good Game of football But Southern Mississippi Is a whole lot better than you season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 